Our Father in heaven, we want to bless your name for bringing us together this morning to bless us through your word and through the sacrament. We pray that as we look into the scriptures together, you will bless us. You will help us to love you more than any other thing and help us to love our neighbors as ourselves through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Please sit. Let me, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, welcome you to the presence of God again this morning and to also appreciate God for his grace that is sustaining us. And I pray that during this time and even after now, the grace of the Almighty God will continue to rest and abide with each and every one of us in the name of Jesus Christ. Today, I'm speaking to you on the theme, the assurance of God through the love of God. Assurance of God through the love of God. When you look into the scriptures, particularly both Old and New Testament, you will discover that the central theme is love. What holds the Bible is love. And what do I mean by this? When you look at the account of creation, if not for the love of God, God could have created us as stones. He could have made us animals. He could have created us as lesser beings. But because of the love of God for us, he created us in his own image. And he breathed the breath of life into us. He put man and the woman in the garden. You just continue to enjoy yourself. Don't labor. You don't need to suffer. But then you know the story that in that Genesis that man disappointed God. In another word, man sinned. If not for the love of God, God would have said, wow, you did this. I'm going to wipe everyone off. But then, right there, in that Genesis chapter 3, the love of God was revealed, was manifested. And when you look at Genesis chapter 3 and verse 15, in Genesis chapter 3 and verse 15, God himself said, And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise the head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. That talks about the Savior. That even though you have sinned, but I'm going to bring a Savior who will come. And during the time of saving the old world, his hand and his feet shall be bruised. And that is on the cross. But by the reason of that, he's going to cut off the head of Satan. We as Christians, therefore, will now live victoriously over the devil. It's as a result of the love of God. And John further strengthened this. In John chapter 3 and verse 16. John 3, 16. And it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So you could see that what God said 
in phrase in Genesis chapter 3 and verse 15 was also reaffirmed by John in Genesis, sorry, in John chapter 3 and verse uh, 15 also. Now, which I've read to you, verse 16, I mean. Now, let me go further to the gospel that was read by Dickie Mark this morning. In the gospel, a lawyer, you know lawyers, I don't know what they call themselves here in the state, but in my country, they say they are learned friends. They are the only persons who are learned. All other people are not learned. So a learned man, lawyer, came to Jesus and he said, tell me, which one is the most important in all the laws? He wanted to test Jesus. And look at what Jesus Christ said in Matthew chapter 22. I'm going to read from verse 37. Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and the greatest and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. Look at what Jesus Christ said. He was expecting Jesus to say, oh, out of the Ten Commandments, this is the most important. But Jesus said, listen, I'm going to summarize the Ten Commandments into just one statement. Love God and love your neighbor. And let's go into the Ten Commandments now. Let's do some explanation. When you go to Exodus chapter 20, that's where you have the Ten Commandments, but I have it listed here. Now, the first commandment says, you shall have no other gods before me. The second commandment says, you shall not make any graven image and not bow down to them, nor serve them. The third says, thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. And the fourth commandment says, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Let's pause there for a while. When you look at these four commandments, the first four commandments, it talks about your duties to God. If you love God with all your mind, if you love God with all your heart, if you love God with all your strength, as Jesus stated in that Matthew 22 from 36 to 40, it will not be difficult for you to obey the, four, the first four commandments as in discharging your duties to God. Which means that you will not have any other God before the Almighty God. Which means that you will not bow your head to any graven image. Which means that you will not call the name of the Lord in vain. Which means that you will remember the Sabbath to keep it holy. And now let's go from the fifth commandment to the tenth one. You see, in the fifth commandment it says, Honor the father and the mother. The, 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 the sixth says, Thou shalt not kill. The following one says, Thou shalt not commit adultery. The next one says, Thou shalt not steal. And the ninth one says, Thou shalt not bear false witness. And the tenth one says, Thou shalt not desire the neighbor's wife, covet the neighbor's house, his feed, his maid servant, his maiden servant, or his ox, 
or his ass or anything that belongs to your neighbor. Now look at the other six commandments. If you love your neighbor, don't forget what Jesus Christ says. Love God and love your neighbors. If you love God very well, as I've stated, you will do all those things that are already enumerated in the first four commandments. And so if you love your neighbor as yourself, you will discharge also, you will display this love for your parents, you will love your parents. You will honor your mother, you will honor your father. And if you love your neighbor, you will not plot to kill or plan to kill your neighbor or to do anything that can be harmful to your neighbor. And at the same time, if you love your neighbor, you will not commit adultery. You will not take your, your, your neighbor's wife or, your neighbor's, or uh, your neighbor's husband because you love the person. And if you love your neighbor, you will not steal what belongs to your neighbor. If you love your neighbor, of course, you are not going to be a false witness. And at the same time also, you shall not covet whatever belongs to your neighbor. So you can see that the submission of Jesus Christ to the lawyer was very accurate because Jesus Christ summarized the Ten Commandments and divided it into two. Just love God and love your neighbor. And now, as I've explained to you, that the first four command, commandments focus on our duties to God and the other six talk about our duties to our neighbor. So if truly we love God, we shall diligently obey and perform our duties to him and to our neighbors. And everything will be going on well with us in the world as Christians. Now, in the epistle of today, and that is in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, and I'd like you to turn your Bibles to that place because we are going to do a little talk there. In 1 Corinthians chapter 13, from verse 1, Apostle Paul now tried to outline, to elaborate this discussion about love. And let me quickly say to us that the love we are talking about here is agape type of love. We have different types of love. We have the erotic love. We have the brotherly love. You can have the erotic love. You can have the brotherly love. But the agape love, you must have an experience of God to be able to display the agape love. And now I go back to what Apostle Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Look at what he says. If I speak in tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging Simba. Listen to that very deep submission. If I can speak in tongues and baptize into the Holy Ghost, I can speak the tongue of angels, but I do not have love. I'm just a noisemaker. I'm just making noise. Let's go further. He says, and if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to move mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. Look at, look at it. I have deep mysteries. I have faith that can move mountains, but yet I do not have love. Say, I am nothing. Now let's go again to verse 3. If I give away all I have and I deliver my body up to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. 
So which means that if I'm generous, I give to people, I do a lot of charity to people, yet I do not have love. He said, I am nothing. Now, you'll be wondering, what's this man talking about? Now, in verse 4, following, look at the way he now said. He now said there that love, this love, this agape love that we are talking about today, that God wants you and I to have, this love is patient. It's not in haste. And you know that this is also missing in our lives today. When I say our lives, all over the world, we are so much impatient as Christians, we cannot even wait. When you seek God, when you have prayed, and nothing has happened, you begin to wonder. You can't wait. But this love is what? Is patient. Now, it goes further there to say that this love does not envy or boast. This love we are talking about is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bear all things, believe all things, hope all things, endure all things. Look at it. You see how deep it is. Now, Apostle Paul ended that in verse 13. And I'm going to ask you a question on that verse 13. He says, So now, faith, hope, and love abide. These three, the greatest of these is love. And I want to ask you, he mentioned three things here. Faith, hope, and love. And he said the greatest is love. Who has an idea why the greatest is love? Do you have an idea why the greatest of these three things is love? Do you have an idea why he said that? Just try. I'm not going to mark anybody wrong. <laughs> okay. So, if there is no idea, let's go to First John. We get the answer there. In 1 John chapter 4, 1 John chapter 4, I will begin to read from verse 7. 1 John 4 from verse 7. Look at what the writer of this epistle says. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love God, does not know God because God is love. Because God is love. Why love is the greatest? If you, if you read that, uh, that first Corinthians 13 very well, it said prophecy will end, faith will end, all other things will end, but love will not end because love is God. When you are talking about love, you are talking about God. So that is why love is the greatest of it all. And that is the kind of love that God wants us to have. And that is the kind of love that God wants us to exhibit in our day-to-day -day activities. In your place of work, at home, in your family, 
among people in the neighborhood. This is a kind of love because as Christians, we are light into the darkness of the world. We are to display the light. And this light can only be displayed by practicalizing your Christianity. And that is why in that first John chapter 4, you see that the writer tried to explain. He said, if you claim to love God, God that you have never seen, and that's what we see today in our society. Oh, I love God. Oh, I love God. Oh, I love God. Wonderful, you love God. Have you ever seen God? No. How about your neighbors that you see every day? Do you love your neighbor? No. So uh, this man says, it is a lie. You cannot claim to love God that you have not seen. And you hate your neighbor that you see every day. You see the challenge. And so God is calling on all of us, myself inclusive, that we need to love God and to love our neighbors. Why? Because God first loved us. The Bible says God first loved us in that when we were sinners, Christ died for us. So we need to reciprocate by showing our love again to God Almighty and to the people around us. Now I have have remarked and I want to reiterate again that the love I'm talking about is not just ordinary love, it's an agape type of love. This was the type that Jesus had. I'm sorry for using past tense, but when he was on the cross, when he was being nailed, if you hurt your finger, you know the way you feel, or your leg, you don't know the way you feel. But here was a man that was being nailed, and he said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. That is the agape type of love. It's a sacrificial love. It's a love that, does, that is not expecting anything in return. You're not expecting anything in return because it is a command of God. You are obeying the command of God. Whether the person is showing love to you back, whether the person is showing hatred, you are, not, you are not mindful of that. That was the type of love that Stephen had. When he was being stoned, he saw heaven open and he said, Father, do not count this sin against them. Forgive them. I know where I'm going now. I see that heaven is open to me. I know that I'm going to heaven. Please forgive them. That is the kind of love. That is the agape type of love that does not expect anything in return. And so God is calling on all of us today. And before I leave this place today, I want to leave you with three questions. I call them rhetorical questions. Those, those are questions you just answer within yourself. Number one, do you walk in love? Do you walk in love? Number two, do you see every creature of God as real image of God? Number three, do you show love to anyone that crosses your way? Some people will say, I don't pray to ever meet that man again. I don't pray to ever meet that woman again. It's because of their bitter and awful experience. Do you show love to anyone that crosses your path? And finally, remember 
that this kind of love can only be made available through the experiential knowledge of God in Christ Jesus. If you have not experienced God, if you have not been born again, if you have not given your life to Jesus Christ, it doesn't matter how you claim to be good, you cannot have this love. So the starting point to have this love is to embrace Jesus, is to accept him, and to appreciate what he did for you, for somebody who was sinless, who had no sin, and he offered himself to die for you and I. You must accept him so that this love can also be exhibited by you on a daily basis. Let me leave you with this hymn. I love this hymn so much. I don't know whether we have it in our hymn now here. The hymn says, More love to thee, O Christ. More love to thee. Hear that the prayer I make on bended knee. This is my earnest plea. More love, O Christ, to thee. More love to thee. More love to thee. More love to thee, O Christ. More love to thee. Yeah, the, the prayer I make on bended knee. This is my earnest plea. More love, O Christ, to thee. More love to thee. More love to thee. Let us pray. Our Father in heaven, we thank you for your special love that brought Jesus into the world to save us. Thank you for reminding us again this morning the need for us to love you more than any other thing and to love our neighbors as ourselves. Lord, we ask that this kind of love will begin to grow in our hearts so that anywhere we go, we shall manifest as light into the darkness of the world. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen.